Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report, episode 99 of the Multiverse Report. Hell yeah. Uh, we are recapping the week's nerdy news from a New York City sewer to the Kashikian home of Chewy, Mala, and Lumpy. That's right. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, I may not be going to Kashik, but next week I'll be in New York City. So uh, maybe I'll pop down in a sewer and see some turtles. Oh, yeah. Check them out. Yeah. I, I don't think it works I'm that not way, going. But... You never know. Hmm. You never know. Um, funny you should say that because I'm not going to Kashyyyk, but I might uh, meet Chewbacca next week oh, on my trip to Walt Disney World. <laughs> uh, and I'm going with my family, and I'm very excited to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Absolutely. Batu, Black Spire Outpost on the remote world of Batu. Yeah, um, yeah I, really, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't say I was jealous. <laughs> I am out of my mind excited we've been like on almost not a full lockdown but like we're getting paranoid we're like we've had some we've known some people that have gone and either gotten sick while they're there or like right before they go or whatever so we are just like we're you wear a mask if you're around anybody like we don't want to get sick we want we want to get there this trip is expensive (laughs) like let's just get there and let's not be sick we get sick on the way home fine but mm-hmm. i'm going to uh i'm going to disney's hollywood studios i'm going to the galaxy's edge i'm building a lightsaber i'm meeting chewbacca if possible whatever i'm getting hassled by a stormtrooper that's what i want my uh, so, my first trip to disney world as a child apparently our whole family was sick oh rough yeah no i mean kidding. i yeah. i was like three four so didn't remember much of it but my parents oh, just didn't- you know completely complain about that all the time <laughs> well, uh, at least it didn't ruin it for you. Yeah. So I, and you then I also questioned them as to why they were bringing a three-year-old and a like one-year-old to Disney, and found I, out uh, my yeah. yeah my my parent or apparently my grandparents had a place in Cocoa Beach, so they were just like, yeah, we went over there for the day. It's like that makes go. much yeah. more sense than like you taking a trip down there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me getting late already sheesh yeah actually Um, it's i think it's relatively early by our standards (laughs) no i know it is just yawning directly into the microphone and trying to make an excuse for it (laughs) and i don't have one uh but anyway welcome to another full episode of the multiverse report we are talking about some actual star wars stuff um later some star wars stuff that i don't know that i ever thought we'd really be talking about in earnest (laughs) on this show uh but we're starting off with um uh, uh, I feel like it's a, 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 a property that we don't talk about often, um, but we may be doing uh, more of similarly to like when Lord of the Rings started kicking off with Rings of Power. And now like we're talking about Indiana Jones more often because Dial of Destiny's coming out. Uh, folks, this summer, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out. New animated film produced by Seth Rogen. Um, we have is it Rogen or Rogen? I have never guys? figured it out. I don't know either. Um, but we have, uh, we talked about it in the past. Uh, it's called, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And they've been working on it for a long time. Uh, they announced the vocal cast 
of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie Mutant Mayhem, a mix of uh, known actors and relatively unknown actors for this Seth Rogen-produced film. Uh, Nicholas Cantu will voice Leonardo. Brad Brady Noon will be Raphael. Micah Abbey as Donatello. Shaman Brown Jr. as Michelangelo. Ayo Edibiri as April O'Neil. Now, I may be ignorant. I don't know who any of those people are. Well, you should. I'll, you may have listened to at least one of them or a couple of them with your kid. Who's that? What? So, uh, oh, sorry, I'm the wrong. I, I pulled up the wrong notes sheet. What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to edit well, uh, well, also uh, podcasting. Sure. It works well. Um, yeah. So Nicholas Cantu is, uh, did you ever watch the Freemaker Adventures with your son? No, we have not watched the Star Wars Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures. Yep. No. So he is Rowan Freemaker, one of the the kids. Oh. And then okay. also, uh, if you've ever seen Dragons Rescue Riders uh, in the How to Train oh, yeah. Dragons franchise, he is the voice of Dak, uh, one oh, of the, the main okay. protagonists. Uh, and then okay. Brady Noon, I can't remember. He was in something as well that I recognized, but the Nicholas Cantu. I when I, I saw that in the notes, I was like. That looks familiar. I got to look him up on IMDb and it was, uh, yeah, apparently you stared enough credits with a five-year-old and you pick stuff up like that. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, Remind me after the show to ask you about Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures because I really don't know anything about it or what it is or when it takes place or anything, but um, I would love more Star Wars to be able to watch with my son, so for sure. Um, However, those are like the, you know, the five main characters you would think and the uh, surrounding characters full of uh, people that you might recognize. Very excited about the first one. Jackie Chan voicing Master Splinter. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, Seth Rogen himself as Bebop. John Cena as Rocksteady. Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Ice Cube as Superfly, Natasha Dima True as Wingnut, Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utram, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, and Post Malone as Ray Fillet. Now, there's a couple of those characters that I'm I am fuzzy on. Oh, boy. Leatherhead, I'm fuzzy on. Superfly, I'm fuzzy on. Wingnut seems familiar, but I can't really describe who that would be Cynthia Ultram I don't know Mondo Gecko I remember Genghis Frog I remember Ray Filet I remember um because I believe he was just a big manta ray yes he was I think so um, Wingnut was a giant mutated bat yes that was yes okay a little off like uh right so well yeah. I mean name kind of suggests right um Superfly as you can imagine would be a mutated fly fly but not the baxter stockman mutated fly correct correct um, okay i guess that's the only fly that i am familiar with is the baxter stockman fly leatherhead was a crocodile oh, okay i remember the yep. other okay i do remember leatherhead okay um cool yeah yeah and mondo gecko great- was was like the fact that they're adding like that they're leaning into the cartoon and that they're adding all these yeah. characters in it's just great I know it is great. And I think that's where like the mutant mayhem part of the title comes in or the subtitle of this movie, because it's not just going to be about the turtles mutating. It's it, like 
I never saw the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies. They looked bad to me. I heard they were bad, and I was not interested in them at all. But so I don't know if those movies built out the world of other mutant animals, but it seems like that's what this is going for, more leaning into the cartoon, giving us Baxter Stockman, giving us Bebop and Rocksteady even, um, you know, and uh, Genghis Frog, Mondo Gecko. All those I don't know Cynthia Utram at all. Neither do I. No idea who that is. But also, like, there's been decades of Ninja Turtles lore that I have not been a part of yeah. at all. So um, I'm sure there are people out there being like, what do you mean you don't know Cynthia Ultram? She's one of the biggest <laughs> right. characters around. You know, she's integral. Um, I know at one point there was a female Ninja Turtle introduced. There was a fifth one. Yeah, um, I cannot remember her name. Uh, the... The latest run of Ninja Turtles, the IDW imprint, is yeah. Um, she's featured in it as well. Like, there's five turtles, and um, yeah, re- it's really well done. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Does she still? Here's I don't know anything about her. I don't even know right. her name. But what I do know about her, I believe she just her color bandana is just like a light blue. No, it's a uh, yellow. Oh, is it yellow? Oh, yep. Okay, I'm pretty sure I saw like a light blue turtle, and I was like, "That is dumb. You should pick a different color because there's other colors <laughs> out there <laughs> we, that you could pick." There are many other colors. Yeah, it's just like a shade of one of the other turtles' bandanas. Oh, apparently that. that was in live action of some sort. Which was the the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, really? There's a. I don't remember f- being live action. Huh. I don't know. Venus? Weird. I don't know. I'm not up on my Ninja Turtles lore, apparently. Um, My Ninja Turtles lore stops probably around 1994. uh, Yeah, I'm probably right with you (laughs) until I picked up The Last Ronin, which is actually really good. Yeah, you're uh, you're leaps and bounds ahead of me because you've read something in the last 20 years. (laughs) Right, and it happened to be in the last three months. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And only has one turtle um, in it. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there we go. Uh, voice cast for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Um, I'm excited about this movie. It yeah. seems fun. I feel like Seth Rogen knows how to produce a good film. He knows like a, you know, he gets a tone that he wants, something that's fun and um, funny. And I don't know. I feel like this is going to feel more like the turtles that I grew up with. Um, which is probably the turtles that he grew up with, which is probably why he's making a movie like this. So um, I can't say that I'm going to run out and see this in the theater, but I'll probably, uh, you know, depending on uh, the reviews or how, what it's rated, you know, maybe I'll watch it with my son, Sam sometime. Yeah. Who knows? Um, that's one thing we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be like gritty and more for adults or if it's going to be like, nah, this is a PG movie for kids, you know? And yeah, I, and hope I can, it's a PG movie I can imagine kids. with that cast and like, yeah, if you've got Mondo Gecko and Ray Filet in it, it's probably going to be a probably you know, a solid yeah. PG. G to- yeah, lean more toward the kids. Yep. which I think works. I mean, that it worked the first time. The Ninja Turtles were enormous in the um, early '90s, yeah. late '80s um, when they exploded because they were geared towards kids. And I think the Michael Bay stuff partially didn't work because it was trying to make a gritty reboot of just inherently very silly <laughs> characters. Yeah. Um, so we shall see how it goes. I think it comes out in, I don't know. Uh, 
August well, 4th. Oh, August. Okay. Late summer um, superhero fair. That seems like a perfect time for a good popcorn movie. It really does. Yeah. Uh, speaking of popcorn movies, but ones that come out uh, much sooner than August. Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Tickets are on sale right now. Comes out, I think, March 17th. St. Patrick's Day, huh. I believe. They're that Friday, 15th, 17th, somewhere around there. Um, comes out on Friday. That means you can see it on like Tuesday before. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah. I feel like that that still boggles my mind that like the midnight showings and all that are gone. Yeah, movies don't actually come out on Fridays anymore. Yeah. yeah. Comes out on Fridays, but you can get a whole week of sneak preview showings that are just regular movie times right. or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, when you can go and see a movie at 6 o'clock on the day before, it comes out the day before. (laughs) Yeah, it comes out on Thursday. Just say that. Um, uh, There's been a lot of talk. Obviously, we spent a lot of time in the last two months talking about the uh, shakeups at Warner Brothers and DC and James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over the DCU. A lot of talk about uh, who's going to stay, who's going to go. We've heard some inklings at Shazam!, We'll stick around as Zachary Levi and David F. Sandberg as the director, creator, writer of these movies. Um, and uh, we got a little bit more clarity on that, I guess. On Twitter this past week, there was a fan that asked David F. Sandberg, basically was kind of being a whiny, entitled fan, saying, like, all this drama around James Gunn taking over, people leaving, people going, like, it's really got to put a sour taste in my mouth and it's making me not even want to see this movie anymore. Can you just give us a straight answer? Is Shazam going to be moving forward in the DCU or not? It's kind of like one. That's a very whiny, annoying, entitled question to be asking. Don't be a director. Don't be your, don't be a dick. You're a douchebag. See the movie or don't see the movie. That's up to you. But anyway, his response was the following, uh, you know, will Shazam be moving on to the DCU? He responded, He definitely won't if people don't go see the movie. What I've been told is that there's nothing in Shazam, in the Shazam films, that contradicts the future plans for DC. So the possibility for more Shazam is there, and if that's what you want, your best bet is to go see the film. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense to me. Perfect sense to me. Um, And yeah, I think um, the first Shazam movie, at least, like, kind of bends over backwards to place itself in a world where these other heroes exist, but not actually confirm that, you know, it's Henry Cavill, Superman, or that it's Ben Affleck as Batman. Like they mentioned these heroes that straight up in the first Shazam movie, Um, you know, one of the characters even owns a Batarang that he bought on eBay or something, (laughs) you know, like they, they firmly exist in the, in a DCU. Um, but they don't, you know, it's not like they talk about General Zod or he doesn't fight, you know, a, a Wonder Woman villain or something, you know, like there's nothing that's going to cancel out. They keep it into the Shazam world. So, yeah, if this movie does well, there's no reason for it to to not move on. And so, I mean, I think this is, you know, you and I have theorized this. This is, you know, a point in our um, corner for for what we think. But I think all these four movies that are coming out this year, Shazam 2. Blue Beetle, The Flash, and Aquaman, you know, maybe, um, you know, there may be different levels of this within each one of those movies, but we could see all of those or parts of all those movies move forward if the audience wants them to. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think at this point, it's like for those four franchises, it is up to the box office and the success of the films and how they are received. So I think if Blue Beetle makes a billion dollars, then we're going to see Blue Beetle, that actor and that cast, move forward with James Gunn's DCU. And, you know, we've talked about it with The Flash. If The Flash makes a billion dollars, if the public forgives Ezra Miller and The Flash makes a ton of money, we're going to see Ezra Miller continue on, most likely. Yeah. Um, Aquaman, I don't know, because you we didn't talk about it. Was it this last week or two weeks ago that there were reports of Aquaman oh, and Lost yeah. Kingdom being Being very terrible. not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess initial test screenings of that movie did not go over well. Um, and so they are... I mean, this is it, this is rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. But there was a, a rumor or report that the test screenings were abysmal, and that they are kind of scrambling to make it work somehow. You know what? James Wan is a talented filmmaker, so I feel like he is someone that can figure out a way to make it work before the release date. And if not, then maybe uh, maybe those Lobo rumors are going to be coming true sooner than later. Hey, when you got to anyway, get out. You gotta get out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yo, you want to see, see Zachary Levi continue with Shazam? Go see Shazam to Fear of the Gods. When it, that's the answer. You want more Blue Beetle? Go see Blue Beetle. You want more Flash? Go see Flash. And that and that really, that goes for whether or not Zachary Levi returns as Shazam. Even if, if Shazam 2 makes a bunch of money, even if they don't end up going with that actor... They will bring that character into their DCU. They're like, okay, there's a trouble. There's trouble with the actor, or there's negative something around the actor. But people clearly love this character because everyone went to see this movie. So we're gonna make sure that Shazam shows up in our DCU. Like, I think that's possible too. Like, we're definitely gonna see the Flash again. Whether or not it's Ezra Miller, I think depends on a lot a of a lot of Ezra uh, Miller, <laughs> of Ezra Miller, and also public opinion regarding the movie, but also them as a person um so you know that's all up in the air if rave reviews come back for ezra miller's performance as barry allen in the flash then we'll maybe get more ezra miller but if you're like yeah the movie was great but we still hate ezra miller then i'll be like okay well we're gonna do another flash he's gonna show up in something but it's not gonna be you know like it all depends on audience reaction and box office money so you heard it from David Sandberg's mouth, people. If you want more Shazam, go see Shazam. It's out of his hands at this point. He's made his movie. He's made his movie. Nothing he can do. It's up to you. Go see it. I plan to, for sure. I still uh, haven't seen the first one, so got to work on that. Steve, you got to. Steve, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. I got to tell you. And I have told you. And mm-hmm. I will tell you again. It's you true. See it. It's on my needs-to-watch list on HBO Max, so... Well, you should do like a give yourself do yourself a double feature or something where you watch the first one and then you go see the second one later that day or that night or the next day or something. Make it a weekend. You watch Shazam Friday night. You go see Shazam 2 on Saturday. That'd be a thing. And then when you do our reaction, you can get a full like, you know, full fresh reaction to the perspective of someone who just contrasted the first one to the second one. It'd be great. Our listeners would eat it up. There you go. I don't know if I'll do it, but that's an idea. I can't guarantee that our listeners would even eat it up. Yes, yeah, you know, we're just I'm, I'm out more, there. I more want you to watch Shazam right. more than anything else. More, I'm, I'm just whatever I'm saying right now. I'm just trying to convince <laughs> you to watch Shazam. Um. All right, one more DC story. 
before um, blasting off to a galaxy far, far away. Classic, classic, that guy, quote unquote, that guy. You see him in a thing, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, mm-hmm. it's that guy. Clancy Brown. Look him up. You've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Right. I'm going to tell you what you've seen him in a little bit. But <laughs> Clancy Brown has joined the Penguin series at HBO Max. And he's not just playing a background actor. He's not just playing a that guy cameo character actor kind of thing. Right. We're not Steve Clancy Brown. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clancy Brown has joined the Penguin as Salvatore Moroni. Um, Salvatore Moroni is a classic reoccurring character from Batman comics. He's mentioned in The Batman, which The Penguin is a spinoff TV show of The Batman. So it makes sense that he would be in it. Moroni is like a rival crime boss to Carmine Falcone. And in the very well-known The Long Halloween Batman story, which I feel like almost every Batman movie of the last 10 years has drawn inspiration from The Long Halloween. Um, in that story, he is the one responsible for throwing acid in Harvey Dent's face during a court um, procedure, causing him to become two-faced. Fair. So, um, where have you seen Clancy Brown? He's certainly no stranger to uh, nerdy pieces of media or comic book adaptations. He's known very well for voicing Lex Luthor in the DC Animated Universe in uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. All those spinoffs, things like that. Superman, the animated series, I believe as well. It's Clancy Brown. He was also Mr. Freeze in the uh, 2000s The Batman cartoon. He was also Rhino and George Stacy in The Spectacular Spider-Man. And he was Mr. Sinister in Wolverine and the X-Men. He's also uh, been, he he appeared twice as Colonel Ray Schoonover in Netflix's Daredevil and once in The Punisher. Uh, he's also in Shawshank Redemption. He's like the main prison guard in Shawshank Redemption. He's been in Lost. He's been in um, The Flash TV show. And he's been in an episode of The Mandalorian. So he's been all over the place when it comes to uh, nerdery. Um, he plays that big burly guy in the, I think it's season one. Or no, it's season two. One, or I don't remember, of Mandalorian, where they're like breaking out of the prison. Or something. Mandalorian's got to break oh, into yeah. prison and yep. like get someone out. He's like the big burly guy. Yep. Um, and yeah, man, Clancy Brown. Wasn't he the bad guy in Highlander or something too? Oh, possibly. I don't like. I said he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. You recognize him. You recognize him. Everybody does. Um, so this is like a really important character in the Batman mythos, especially when you think of the Batman. How it was very detective-y, very noir. Um, and more focused almost on organized crime in the city than like some more of a theatrical like Joker or something that's, you know, wearing costume. I mean, the Riddler, but, um, you know, that was less of like a costume and more of just like a, I'm murdering you. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, but a heavy focus on like the Carmine Falcone thing and the whole renewal act and all that stuff. And they talk about Maroney. Um, being like a big drug bust. He was like a, he was running drugs in Gotham city. And that was like a whole part where they like, they busted him, but then Carmine Falcone just took over the drug running business. And they're still like, he used it to like corrupt the GCPD and all these other things. Yeah. So like a pivotal, really Maroney is a pivotal character in that movie who we don't ever actually see. We just, they hear his name a lot. 
because um, he's pivotal, like something that happened to him is pivotal to that plot. I think we're going to get more of that in the Penguin series, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he then shows up in the Batman Part Two mm. as this character. And Steve, I got to say, knowing that he is responsible in the Long Halloween for throwing acid in Harvey Dent's face and knowing that one of the Riddler's victims in the first Batman movie was the Gotham City District Attorney. Hmm. Seemingly, Gotham City is going to need a new District Attorney. Who better than a young, fresh-faced, handsome-looking Harvey Dent that by the end of the Batman Part 2 isn't so fresh-faced and yeah. handsome-looking? You know? You know, it's it's mildly been done before, but we'll give it to you. It has been done before. I mean, we've seen Two-Face in live action two previous times. Um, but uh, I think, man, Aaron Eckhart is so good. as <laughs> Two-Face in the Dark Knight. Yeah. I'm just thinking that you just, my my train of thought just like full stopped when I had to be like, shit, he was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's a bummer that he didn't, I think it's a bummer that he died at the end of Dark Knight and they didn't continue on in some way i think that i don't know it would have been cool if he was still alive um uh, and also tommy lee jones in batman forever right uh, like a cartoon version of the character that really didn't do it justice whatsoever should have been billy d williams um uh what was i say i don't know i i think if they i mean i think it's inevitable that we're going to see characters that we've seen before Oh, Obviously, yeah. we've already we've already seen the Joker again. We've seen Riddler again. We've seen Catwoman again. We've seen all these characters more than one time. So, well, and it's not like Harvey Dent is a minor character in the mythos. Like, he's, exactly, he's pretty he's a, evergreen. Exactly, he's a major character. They could certainly do it. They could certainly do it a different way. And if they are doing the courtroom and the you know acid in the courtroom thing, like that's something that they showed. I think in I think that's in Batman Forever as in like a a flashback on a like. Two right. years ago, someone threw acid in Harvey Dent's face and they like show him in a, like a, they show a really quick thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of it happening. Um, but uh, I think they could do it very well. And I think they could really build up a strong relationship, friendship between Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne, which uh, they haven't really done in the movies yet. Um, but in Long Halloween, they talk about like, you know, Batman and Harvey Dent work together for a long time before the two-faced thing ends up happening towards the end of that story so it really kind of cements them as like um you know more or less friends they trust each other they work together they're in this together to try to take down uh carmine falcone in that story and um you know it ends up leading to dense corruption um and i hope that happens because i love two-face as a character i think that the dark knight version is very good but i also you know, it's a, it's like the uh, a lot of superhero movies, besides Marvel movies, DC movies do this a lot, where they give you a great villain and they villain and they just kill him at the end of the movie. I mean, that's you, that was every Batman movie until um, forever, I guess. Like yeah. it, it's every Batman movie. Um, you know, even Superman too, uh, as well. Like you know, kill Zod at the end of Man of Steel or kill Zod at the end of Superman 2 or Zod's gone or like, you know, like, or in Spider-Man, like the pre-MCU Marvel movies did that too. Yeah. You know, like, oh, Green Goblin dies, Doc Ock dies in the second one and, you know, they just like, yo, just keep them around. I would love to see Green Goblin come back in Spider-Man 5 or, you know, like, you don't have to kill him, everybody. 
Oh, but they and do. Then, and then, yeah, and then the MCU goes the opposite direction where nobody dies right. <laughs> or one person dies every 15 movies <laughs> or something, you know. Yep. Um, um, so I, I would like a little bit of a balance there. Like some people can die, but like give me two movies where two faces in it. Yeah. You know, I would like that. That'd be cool. Uh, build, along the lines of along the lines of characters that have died that uh, Clancy Brown is playing. Um, I was looking up his IMDb. In the nerd world, he is Savage Opress. Oh, he's oh man, really? Yep, he is Ryder Azadi in Rebels. I don't know who that is. The <laughs> the rebel that helps them out, uh, like the big burly gray haired guy, literally oh, looks okay. like Clancy yep. Brown. Looks like yes, <laughs> okay, yep, yep. Um, I remember that guy now. Yeah. And then he's Damian Darkblood in uh, Invincible. The oh, detective, yes. the okay, demon yeah. detective there. Yeah, he does a lot of crazy amount of voice um, actors. Crazy amount of voice acting. Yeah. He was so Parallax you, in that Green Lantern movie. He was the voice of Parallax, really? Yep. And for whatever yeah. that movie was worth. Part of me part of me thinks I should watch that Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie again. Just because I haven't seen it in a long time. I think maybe a year or so ago, maybe during COVID, I think I started watching it. I think I was like really high one night or whatever. And I yeah. started watching Green Lantern. And I was like, yeah, this is bad. This movie's bad. Tried to pull on me um, with Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But again, it's not like it's it's like I said about Morbius. Like it's not worse than like the I think the Venom movies are bad. Yeah. Like it's just it's but peep, that first Venom movie made a billion dollars. Like I don't think Green Lantern's worse than Venom. Right. It's just it's just a bad movie. You know, did you know he was Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob? Clancy Brown was Mr. Krabs. Yeah. No, I absolutely did not know that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just scrolling through this now, and it's like... Quintessential it's... character actor. Quintessential that guy character actor. Wow. Wowzers. Yeah. He was in Recess, the old cartoon. Oh, wow. He's everywhere, this guy. Wow. I'm. Wow. I'm extremely impressed. Well, and now he's going to be... Salvatore Moroni um, going toe to toe against uh, Colin Farrell's The Penguin and uh, likely going toe to toe against the Batman and possibly Harvey Dent if I get my way in the Batman part two. Huh. He was in Pet Cemetery too. That's true. Yep, he was. Um, it's, I'm I just going to intersperse this entire episode with Clancy Brown <laughs> trivia. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I hope that I get my way. I hope that he plays Moroni in the Batman part two. I hope that this isn't a thing where he gets killed in the Penguin series. I feel like uh, I feel like he's mm. too good of an actor for them yeah. to bring him in and just kill him off. Like, I hope that he makes it to the big screen because it, I don't know how they want to build uh, these uh, series into like boost the movies and not just have them be separate things like they want them to really be a part of it. So um Hopefully he sticks around and he, I mean, he's in jail right now. So it's not like he's going to be a real threat to the penguin, I guess, during his series, unless he gets paroled or something like, who knows? Right. But, um, as, as heard in dialogue from the Batman, he was busted and, um, thrown into Blackgate penitentiary, I believe. So I gotta watch that movie again too, man. There's so much I have to watch and so much I want to rewatch. Well, now that we're out of February, you might have a minute. Yeah, I should shout that out while I'm before I forget about it. Um, I mentioned in the last couple uh, episodes that I've 
been busy. I haven't seen Ant-Man <laughs> still. Cause I've been working on uh, my February songwriting project. Um, supposed to write and record 14 songs in a month i wrote and recorded 20 the first 14 are out already on my bandcamp page that's carolskid.bandcamp.com carol with a k carolskid.bandcamp.com and also i believe that they are starting to show up on uh, major streaming services like apple music and spotify and all that stuff so you can check that out as well um stream it there or you can buy it or download it from my bandcamp page and it's called February 8, Part 1, The Perfect Nothing. So check that out. And the other six are going to come out um, in early April. So I'm sure I'll plug that as well, too. I just thought 20 songs was too much for one album. I feel like no one's got the patience for a double album anymore. Like, that just doesn't happen. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, speaking of my February album and one of the songs that I wrote on that February album that is available... Now on my Bandcamp page, carolskid.bandcamp.com, um, one of those songs happens to be about a Star Wars character. You'll have to go listen to the album to find out which one. It's not going to be the one that you think it is. <laughs> Definitely is not. Um, moving into some Star Wars territory. And this is definitely not a Star Wars story that um, I thought we'd be talking about. Not one that I want to talk about, really. But there is a new... Star Wars documentary in the works, going to debut very soon, called A Disturbance in the Force. Great name for a documentary that is focused on the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, yeah that one. That one, not the Lego one. Not no. the Lego holiday special. The Star Wars holiday special. That's yes. the one. The infamous. Um, the infamous. 78? Uh, 80? Somewhere in there. I think, uh, yeah, 78, 79. It was like right after the first drop. Empire came out in 80, right? Yeah. And so Jedi it would have been was before that. Yeah. Or 80. Was Jedi 83, 83. or Jedi yep. 80? Okay. 77, 80, 83. Yeah. Wild. Um. So, uh, I don't know. Are there any listeners that don't know about the Star Wars holiday special? Should we talk about that or haven't? Hey. There might be listeners that they're like there might be listeners that haven't seen it, but I I expect most of them have heard of it, but I guess we should probably just go through a quick uh description of it. I, I or there are no amount of drugs that can make this thing make sense. <laughs> um yeah, so in the late se- after Star Wars came out, the the uh fandom was so hot for more star wars and it was going to be years before the next one got off the ground so i think it was cbs um talked to lucasfilm george lucas about doing a a star wars holiday special and george lucas gave them the story for it it's going to be about wookies it's they're celebrating this thing called life day christmas doesn't exist in the star wars galaxy but life day does and han solo's got to get chewbacca back to kashyyyk uh to celebrate life day with his family and while they're waiting for him a bunch of weird stuff happens to his family um we meet chewie's wife mala yep his son yep his son lumpa waru who also is known as lumpy Mm -hmm. and uh his dad or is it mala's dad i think grandpa i don't know i don't remember his name itchy itchy (laughs) (laughs) yep this uh, this holiday special features cameos from Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, 
um, and a lot of other – it's like a variety show. And there's a lot of other like late 70s stars at the time. There's a lot of sequences that don't make sense at all. It's the first canonical appearance of Boba Fett. That's uh, something to say for it. Yeah. In, but, in animated um, form. In animated form. Riding a dinosaur. Yes. Not a rancor. This special is two two hours long. Two hours long. And I say this with the utmost sincerity. It is horrible. Yes. Just horrible. It is impossible to overstate how bad the Star Wars holiday special is. And like, if you're listening to this and you've never seen it and you've never heard of it and you don't know what I'm talking about, you might be thinking like, Mike, it's Star Wars. There's no way that bad. It can't be worse than The Phantom Menace or it can't be worse than whatever your least favorite Star Wars movie is. It is. Oh, it is. It's it's horrible. It's so bad. Like, can't watch the whole thing. And it's on YouTube. Like. Go find it. Yep, You can watch the entire thing on YouTube because Lucasfilm has destroyed every other uh, physical or official copy of it or owns it. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to get a look into that in this documentary called A Disturbance in the Forest. There's I don't believe that there's any cast or crew from the original that is going to appear in the documentary. But instead, it has gone. There's going to be interviews with like fans of Star Wars or the holiday special. Um, specifically Weird Al Yankovic, Kevin Smith, Seth Green, and the late Gilbert Gottfried all appear in the documentary talking about uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, how it impacts them. There's a trailer for it, uh, which, which does not show any scenes from the Holiday Special, and I'm interested to see because the trailer, I think the trailer makes a joke about how they weren't allowed to show any scenes from the Holiday Special in the trailer, but does that mean they're not allowed to show any scenes from it in the actual documentary? That seems Possibly. crazy. They're not. Um that would, but I don't know. But if it's also on YouTube and no one's taking it down, then maybe they can just use the YouTube clips or something, you know, oh, yeah. the CBS. Maybe there's like a loophole there because it's technically CBS and it aired. So who knows? Um, yeah, I'm, I but, still uh, can't, I'm thinking like I'm going over in my brain how bad the costuming was and how bad everything wow. was. Like the, the Wookiees in this are the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, yeah, like I know. Itchy. I, I wasn't his face like all scrunched up and like weird. Yeah. And... He also uh, watches mm. yeah. um, Wookie porn at yes. one point. With like doesn't doesn't like Lumpy walk <laughs> in really... or something or there's some, possibly yeah. There's a whole lot of that weird re- that happens. Hey guys, that really happens. I'm not making a joke. That oh, really no, happens. Hundred percent. That really happens. Carrie Fisher sings a song as Princess Leia and is just high so so much so much on drugs it's clear that she is she is on i don't know what drugs but she's on them whatever drugs all of them she's on them (laughs) (laughs) um just yeah you can you can tell harrison ford hates being there you can tell there's like a real animosity from harrison ford (laughs) about being there it's bad guys it's bad bad it's like go into it pull it up on youtube and go into it full blown MST3K, just like expect nothing and expect to be able to roast the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, I believe um, some of the guys that used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 do a thing called Rift Tracks now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Where you can download um, audio tracks of the, and 
of them making jokes and sync it up to like movies and it's like modern movies you can do with you know because because of it's a downloadable thing they can do whatever movie they want it's like up to you to sync up the sound and i do believe that they do one for the star wars holiday special so that's oh that's great check that out uh it will definitely make it easier to watch for mm-hmm. sure because it is it is a hard watch i remember a few uh a, i guess a lot of years ago now i was at a friend of mine was having a christmas party and i was at their house and they threw on the star wars holiday special and um uh my dear friend mark sunheimer and his uh girlfriend at the time now wife uh kate were there and kate at the time had never seen a star wars movie and this was the oh, first God. Star Wars thing she'd ever seen. And I remember seeing her and go, are they all like this? And I think everyone in the room went, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Please don't let this tarnish your uh, openness to watching Star Wars. Like you need to yeah, temper your expectations in a, a different way than is normally that sentence is normally right. used for Jefferson Starship is normally not in Star Wars, nor yeah, is B. Arthur. Right. Yeah. Art Carney mm-hmm. is in it as well. Just. Oh, oh, can confirm that the Carrie Fisher uh, audio is on YouTube. The whole scene. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing, yeah. the whole two hours is on YouTube. So. So check it out. Also, shout out. Speaking of, you know, I mentioned um, the wonderful podcast Star Wars Minute. The other day, or the other day, I mentioned it. <laughs> We've been podcasting that long. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned it 10 minutes ago. Um, another Star Wars uh, holiday special um, review, I should say, is there's a great podcast called Stuff You Should Know. It's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered just a bunch of random topics and tell you how those things work or how they came to be or whatever. Everything from like cinnamon to pest dispensers to, you know, historical events. Yeah. And just check through their research and they're very well, like, yes, it's extremely well produced. And it's it's uh, it's information. It's the information is disseminated in a very casual way. So, yeah. like, you or I can understand what they're saying. They're, mm-hmm. they're not the two of them aren't scientists. They're just they, they research a topic. And they did one a few years ago about the Star Wars holiday special. It's a really good listen uh, that gives you just a little bit of behind the scenes stuff and um, just kind of go over how how bad it is. <laughs> It's impossible to, like I said, it's impossible to overstate really how bad the Star Wars holiday special is. So, so that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. I gotta say, wild. Um, but I, I am, I would love to watch this documentary. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it does give us any kind of insight into like the hows and the whys, and you know, you know. Did did Carrie Fisher only appear if she could sing a song? Like, why is she singing at all? You right. know, like, what does any of this have to do with anything? Right. What is going on here? I why would love is it to. You, why is it you watching disco porn? Yeah. 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 I, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> These are mysteries of the world, Mike. They really are. And we're out to solve them. Um, uh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, my birthday this past weekend. And... Um, Usually, I just want to say this real quick because I thought it was cool. Um, I said, you know, we didn't have any like huge plans for my birthday. Uh, but I told my wife, I was like, I would like to watch a movie with you on Saturday night, which is my birthday. So and but I want you to pick it. And mm-hmm. I was like, here I got I gave her like five, four choices. I was like, you can we can watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. We can watch 
that thing you do. We can watch the Suicide Squad or uh, Scream Mm -hmm. or any Star Wars movie. (laughs) So, like, you pick. Um, And then also, my son, we do a movie night with my son, like, once a weekend. Sometimes it's Friday, sometimes it's Saturday, depending on what's going on. Friday night, we couldn't do it because I was somewhere else. But Saturday, my actual birthday, it was movie night. And he goes, but you should pick the movie. I was like, okay, well, I want it to be a Star Wars movie, and it's going to be either be A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi. So what do you want to pick, buddy? And he said, A New Hope. So we watched A New Hope. And then my wife picked Rogue One to watch. So I watched A New Hope with my son, and then I watched almost all of Rogue One. My wife got tired and had to go to bed, so I paused it. Then after she went to bed, I watched all of Empire Strikes Back. And then today, uh, we had a big day, so my wife and I were exhausted. Yep. And we were like, hey, buddy. We're doing another movie night just because we needed to like sit down for a <laughs> yep. while. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what movie do you want to watch? He goes, Return of the Jedi. And I was like, yes. Amazing. <laughs> Check. So, yeah. So, in two days, I've watched three and a half Star Wars movies That's all awesome. within the original trilogy <laughs> timeline. Just living my best life over here, I got to say. Yeah. Mine, after, after two days of skiing, mine opted for Muppet Babies. <laughs> oh nice my babies is good it's great but i've seen them all the, about 35 times now because i have a five-year-old the re the rebooted Muppet yeah, babies, the, new, I assume? the new version yeah yep i'm gonna tie both those things together right now oh boy i'm a i'm i'm a few years older than you so i don't know if you remember this but when i was a kid the original muppet babies oh, yeah. was on there was one episode that was a star wars episode yep do you remember that oh yeah yeah that really i think i saw that before i saw any actual star wars movie possibly but they actually like yeah. had clip they had clips from some of the movies in there like they would like the open TIE a fighters, door and there'd like, be like tie fighters yep. flying through like the closet door yep. or whatever and be like oh yeah ah! and i was like this is the greatest thing ever like i would i don't know if i guess i don't know if that's available is that is, is the original muppet babies on disney plus if it is i, I would know. watch that episode tonight <laughs> so there's one uh there's one in the new muppet babies there's one scene where I, I can't remember what it, I think they're pretending they're on a starship and all of a sudden TIE fighters start coming at them on the screen. Oh, amazing. And uh, I'd assume a nice homage back to that. And <laughs> my son looks over at me. He's like, dad, TIE fighters. I'm like, I did good. <laughs> That's great. Good job, That's buddy. Awesome. Yeah, I was just excited that. Oh, dude, I texted you this. <laughs> it was great. Son, anyway, my son has seen A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. He has seen Phantom Menace and he has seen Attack of the Clones. Yep. And he knows that at the end of Attack of the Clones, um, Anakin and Padme get married secretly, right? And now we're watching Clone Wars. We just finished season one of Clone Wars this week. Mm-hmm. So we're watching A New Hope. And a co- every once in a while, I'm like, now remember, buddy, that, like, like in the beginning when like Leia's talking to Vader and she's be like, like, whatever, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he, he's like, ah, oh, to the left, Rebel Alliance and a traitor, take her out. Yep. I was like, now think about it, buddy. That's her dad. Yeah. But she doesn't know, and he doesn't know. Like, yep. they're father and daughter. They're talking to each other. They don't know that. You know, just keep that in mind. It's kind of cool if you think of it. Like, And so later, during, like, some random scene, he goes, he picks, he's, he's watching, like a classic kid, he's on the floor with his head in his hands mm-hmm. like this, with his feet kicked up behind. And he like picks his head up and he turns and looks at me and goes, 
wait a second. And I immediately paused and I was like, oh, <laughs> buddy, I am so excited for the next words that are about to come out of your mouth. Like you are just, you're about to ask, like you're making connections yep. that has caused you Synapses to ask are firing. <laughs> yep. about Star Wars. And I'm like, yes, dude, I am so excited to answer this question with you. And he goes, well, if Darth Vader is Luke's dad, who is Luke's mom? And I was like, oh, good question, buddy. Who do you think it is? He goes, ah, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, who is Darth Vader really? He goes, Anakin Skywalker. I said, yeah, okay, you're right. I go, who are your parents? And he goes, you? He goes, Mike and Rachel. (laughs) I said, right. And me and mommy are what? He goes, in love? And I was like, yeah, but like when you're in love, what? We are what? He goes, married. I go, okay, so. And before I even said anything, he goes, what? (laughs) And just like (laughs) laid down on the floor in a way that was like, I can't. What? Like his mind was blown. His mind was blown that he he had already met Luke and Leia's mom in Padme Hamadala. It was insane. I just loved it so much. It was the best. Just the best. Yeah, we had the the Leia uh, Leia reveal moment in Return of the Jedi. Oh, he had never seen the end. Oh, that's right. right. He only watched part of Return of the Jedi. Oh, how did he take the the, uh, brother-sister thing? Uh, He didn't pick up on it at first. Then he was like, oh okay and then yeah uh then it goes you know from there it goes into the whole vader palpatine thing which he did surprisingly well with i was i was amazed usually oh, he's the, very yeah, that's, very skittish and uh yeah it, it was tense but he he got through it and was like that was really good i'm like yeah yeah and then he was obsessed with what they were doing to vader's body at the end burning uh, yeah trying to trying to explain a funeral pyre to a five-year-old very difficult. Well, you can also say, I mean, Anakin appears as a force ghost at the end. Oh, yeah. So it's it's possible that he disappeared and that Luke was just burning the suit. Right. That's possible. She could say that. He just wants to burn the suit so no one else finds it or something. Yeah, like it was just like it's on, it, you know, he did it in honor of, you know, his yeah. dad turning back yeah, to yeah. The, the light. Yeah. He's like, there Darth Vader's go. a good guy. I'm like, well, no (laughs) not at all yeah um yeah really hard to make that case for him showing up as a force ghost at the end in jedi robes because sometimes bad people can do good things buddy yeah but if you're like a horrible 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 bad guy and then you do one good thing (laughs) does that redeem all of the children that you killed right if you've killed half the galaxy yeah yeah um yeah also like dead deadpool mur- murders the marvel universe that's that's just darth vader's that's just life darth vader's story yeah, yeah. exactly it's just like yeah. I, we're killing everybody it's fine yeah um also right before i came down to start recording this i um jumped i was just i had some time i didn't have anything to watch really that i could you know i didn't have an hour or whatever to watch a full episode of something but i just jumped back into that um industrial light and magic documentary oh, that's yeah. on disney plus that i had never finished and man that is super super interesting mm. i just love it so much talking about how they did like the face melting and raiders of the lost ark and stuff like oh it's just all oh, this is such cool stuff all oh, the yeah. matte paintings are just gorgeous like oh man it's so cool um 
yeah, so check that. I don't know. I would say check that out if you haven't. Um, anything else you want to say about Star Wars before we move into comics? No, but you being able to watch things again made me remind or want to remind you again. Watch The Last of Us because holy shit, it's good. I have watched one further episode of The Last of Us, so I've watched <laughs> four <laughs> instead of three. So you're halfway um, through the Sam and Henry arc. Uh, yes, we just at the very end of that episode yep. was when they met them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, starting that. And damn it. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, moving on into comics. I thought this was super cool news, as we all know, uh, directly before the pandemic. Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Um, bought all of everything except Fox Sports and Fox News. Um, and that's why you can watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus because Disney owns that shit now. Uh, but as it came to comics, Marvel started publishing Alien comics. I believe they started publishing um, Predator comics as well. Like just, okay, we own these things now. We're going to start putting things out. Now they have announced that Marvel is going to launch 20th Century Studios comics this April. So like the banner of which they un- and under which they release things like Prey or like the new Fede Alvarez alien movie that's being worked on or the alien series from Amazon Amazon Prime that's being worked on. Like those are all going to be under the 20th Century Studios banner, not 20th Century Fox, but you know just like acknowledging that it's from a different original DNA than actual just Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but now 20th Century Studios comics coming out this April it's going to be like the home of the, the comic book home for all that kind of IP that was purchased in that merger. The first title is going to be a new ongoing planet of the apes series, which I think is cool. Cause I know they're doing a new planet of the apes movie, I believe. Um, and, uh, that is going to be followed by a- new launches of alien and predator are going to, the, I think this current Marvel series are probably going to end and then they're going to be relaunched again on, 20th century studios comics um and i think that's smart i don't know i think those are the only three those are the three confirmed titles so far that will be on 20th century studios comics other possible ones that the red article i read brought up the fact that boom studios currently is putting out books for buffy the vampire slayer angel and firefly all of which are um 20th century fox productions they were on um fox related they're either on Fox or the CW, owned by Fox, um, and it seems like it seems likely that those will end up migrating to 20th Century Studio Comics um, once you know the deal with Boom is over or whatever like that. So, right. um, um, I think this is really cool. What do you think, Steve? It's, I mean, uh, the fact they're actually taking advantage of the IP that they have, especially when they already have a lot of ongoing books, seems like it's a right absolute no brainer. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, well. See, it's one of those where I get torn because it's like, you know, right now they're with Boom and, you know, Boom has some like they have some skin in the game as to keep these going and keep them going well. Yeah. But if they pull them back to, you know, effectively an arm of Marvel, then is it going to be, you know, is it is it something where they're just going to cut it or, you know, if something's not running right, like. Uh, it just it it adds a whole different level and dynamic of um, bureaucracy into it. You know what? That is a good point. Um, 
because I think you're right. I think when you're th- when you're talking about Buffy, Angel, Firefly, I think those series are less likely to be canceled by Boom Studios than they would be to be canceled by Disney. Right. Um, if they're not making like if they're not selling like Spider-Man is selling or whatever, they could be canceled. Um, I was going to say, I, I like, I like giving this crop of IP, like its own identity away from Marvel. So it's not just like Marvel comics presents alien, you know, and then you expect like, well, it's alien going to show up in Iron Man <laughs> or whatever. Like, no, it's a separate thing. Right. So it should be a separate thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, also, wasn't Marvel going to take back the Star Wars license from IDW, or did they already do that? Like, is Star Wars possibly going to show up in 20th Century Studios? I guess no, not. Star Wars they, is under Marvel. Yeah. Like, straight up under uh, Marvel. Um, right. But originally, I'm just saying, originally, the movie Star Wars was a 20th Century Fox production. Oh, but, like, Lucasfilm was acquired by Disney before... Um, right. Fox was identi- was acquired by Disney. So I just like I guess it, it could fit there if they wanted to do that. If they wanted right. to if they wanted to pull it out Fox. of and keep Marvel as your, you know, superhero superhero straight right. up superhero stuff, yeah. Um, um a lot of stuff they could do, I guess, but I think you're right that it is it's more likely that they'd be like, "Oh, well, no one's really buying it, so we'll cancel." Right. And that's the only thing that kind of worries me is. Yeah, because Marvel and Disney are measuring sales numbers differently than Boom Studios is measuring sales numbers. Like what is what however many people are buying Buffy or Firefly right now is satisfying Boom Studios. It may not be satisfying to Marvel. It's a good point. It's a good point, Steve. And yeah, did they. uh, So they pulled. They pulled the non-canon stuff for Star Wars from IDW to Dark Horse. Yes. They moved yes. like the the Star Wars adventures and all that sort of thing over to Dark Horse, right. I believe. I believe that is true. I, so, remember, I'm, I remember talking about that with you. Yeah. 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 Things are moving so all, all over the place. Things are moving everywhere. Um, I do think it's cool to have 20th Century Studio. I think the name is too long. I think it should just be 20th Century yeah. Like 20th Century Studios Comics is one word too long. 20th Century Comics is way better. But hey, I don't work for Marvel, so I don't work for Disney. Who am I? What can I say? Um, I can say that this week in your local comic book store, you will find the following. Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number one. New title after um, um, Superman, Son of Kal-El has wrapped up. John Kent continues his adventures in Adventures of Superman. John Kent, number one, Amazing Spider-Man, 21, Avengers, number 66, Batman, number 133. I just read Batman, number 132. Thought it was good. Um, I don't know. I don't. Are you you're, Are you still pulling Batman? I'm still the, the, pulling it, but I don't know. I haven't, haven't read it. caught up on it. Yeah. Which. It's, it's good, but like, it's all like he's on an alternate world. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, but it's also like, uh, I don't know. Get back to the regular one. Right. <laughs> like, I I kind of want to see what you do in the regular world, Chip Zdarsky, not just in a... Right, in your own little bubble. Also, because it, it's like, it's the main line, it's Batman. It's not Batman subtitle alternate universe. <laughs> it right. is the main line Batman comic right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you're spending a lot of time in an alternate universe for being the 
flagship book of the DC universe. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Black Panther number 15, Clear number one, Fantastic Four number five, Flash number 794. I got to say the One Minute War stuff, I think I've said this, shouted this out before, but I'll say it again, has been great. I've really been enjoying the One Minute War storyline in uh, pages of Flash lately. We got Godzilla Rivals, Mothra versus Titanosaurus. Okay. That sounds like something. Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight 21, New Mutants, Lethal Legion number one. Poison Ivy, number 10. One of the biggest books DC has going right now is Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited about that. It is, like we said, turning into an ongoing this uh, summer, I think. We got two more months of the regular mini, and it's going to turn into an ongoing. Scarlet Witch, written by hometown boy Steve Orlando. Scarlet Witch, number three, comes out this week. Spawn, number 339. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 32. Star Wars The High Republic, number six. Stoneheart, number one. The Gimmick, number one. Traveling to Mars, number four. Two Graves, number five. West of Sundown, number nine. X-23 Deadly Regenesis, number one. And X-Men, number 20. All those books and more showing up at your local comic book store this week. Steve, reading anything this week? Getting anything? Picking up anything? Picked up uh, the Clayface. Oh, yeah. That was good. Did you read it yet? No. No, it's right there. But uh, it's on the pile. You know how that goes. And then yep. uh, snag something is killing 29. So, Yep. I snagged that as well, but I haven't read 28 yet. So Same. I haven't read the something is killing the children. Um, I got two to look forward to. Yeah, I got the clay. Fa- I read the clay face and the cat woman been behind. So um, the cat woman I thought was great. And the, and the clay face I thought was great. Yep. As well. I think I've really got the clay face and Bane left at this point. Nice. Um, the clay face really leans into the fact that he is an actor. Hmm. Um and I think like people kind of shed that once he's a clay monster, they're just like, oh, he's a clay monster. But like the guy originally, Basil Carlo, even I think in this animated series, he was Matt Hagen, but like whatever, I'm getting into the weeds. He's an actor. He's like trying to be a successful actor. And mm-hmm. this starts off with him using his shape-shifting powers to try to do that. Um, and it kind of takes place in like a Hollywood kind of environment, which I think is unique Nice. And also fitting for that character. Yeah, it's really good. Can't beat that. Um, can't beat that. I also got, uh, did I read anything else? No, I picked up a couple other things I read yet. Um, but yeah, like I get, like, you know, I mentioned my February project finally over. Um, but I'm also going to Disney World next week. So I will be probably not reading a ton. Um, so I'll be exhausted every night. So we'll see. Uh, we got two one shots and they're pretty good one shots. I gotta say yeah. like, they're pretty good stories. I guess, I guess I put them down here um, just to kind of like help the flow of the show. There you go. Looking at producer, uh, producer level eyes. So um, Steve, why don't you kick us off with the first one shot, a continuation of a story we talked about, I think last week that it is. And uh, currently Hellboy, the crooked man is a movie that will be made soon. Uh, yep. Along those lines, Jack Kesey has been cast as Hellboy. He'll be the third actor to portray Hellboy uh, behind yep. Ron Perlman and David Harbour. Kesey is known for playing Black Tom Cassidy in Deadpool 2 and a role in FX's The Strain. Um, oh, yeah. black. I forget. I got to watch Deadpool 2 again. Same. I was literally thinking Black Tom was in that. 
Yeah, I remember him being in it. I don't remember what he does. I just remember Deadpool making jokes about like, I don't know if I'm comfortable calling you Black Tom when you're a white guy mm. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Like, should we call you something else? I, I remember that joke. Um, so I kind of like that, you know, we talked like neither of us have seen the David Harbour Hellboy. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I liked the Guillermo del Toro ones enough. Yeah. Uh, I liked Ron Perlman in that role for sure. I, I was not familiar with the character before I saw the first Hellboy movie for sure. And I've, I've, I'm more familiar with him now, obviously. Um, but I think this Jack Kesey, yeah, he's been in stuff, but like, he's not like a known actor really. Right. Like Ron Perlman, similar to Clancy Brown, Ron Perlman was like a, that, a, a classic, that guy actor. Like, Oh, it's that dude. Oh, it's that guy. I've seen him before. Oh, it's that guy. And David Harbour, like, he's not the biggest actor in the world, but, like, so many people knew him from Stranger Things. Like, oh, it's Hopper. You know, there's, like, you identify something. You identify that actor with something else. Right. Um, and I think Jack Kesey might be the right level of fame to take on Hellboy in a way that he could end up being a definitive Hellboy, I guess. You know, where we don't, like, you know, like, you and I, we both like the Deadpool movies. We don't remember really his performance as black tom cassidy at all right um it's not like we're like he can't be hellboy he's black tom cassidy or whatever um so i feel like this is a i think it's very possible for if this movie's good he could end up playing hellboy for a while i hope i hope he's good yeah that'd be a you know I, like we were saying it's it's not a it's not a bad franchise by any stretch i'd be more than happy no. for them to keep uh yeah keep pumping things out so I, the more we're, the more we talk about the a new Hellboy movie, the more I want to watch the David Harbor one because, mm. I, I mean, like it bombed when it came out, but I don't think it bombed because it was bad. I think it bombed because it was still like early post COVID or still kind of during COVID or I or maybe it was right before. I don't remember actually when it came out. Now that I think about it, but nobody went to see it. But also. I think either people didn't care or it wasn't marketed right or whatever, right. but like, I don't think it's a abysmal film from what I've heard. I would like to see it. I don't know. Maybe I'll let you know. I'll watch it and I'll let you know if it's right. how, how, uh, one to 10 on the abysmal scale. Oh, Mila Jovovich is in it too. Uh, the Ron, the, uh, the David Harbour, David one? Harbour one. And oh, cool. Daniel Day Kim and Ian McShane and, Huh. Oh, I remember Daniel Day Kim being in it. Yeah, that's right. I Thomas Hayden Church. Church, Sandman himself. That's a pretty. That's a pretty strong cast, right there. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was written and/or directed by the guy Neil something that wrote The Descent, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Neil one Marshall. Neil Marshall. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a talented guy. So I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's terrible. I don't know. But I think it, maybe it was just like a a lack of enthusiasm for the character and right. hopefully like trailers for this movie or whatever can give us a little bit more enthusiasm for project for the character. Speaking of people not having enthusiasm uh, for franchises, <laughs> our last one shot is a, a quote from Chris Pine. Wonderful actor, uh, professional actor, professional, handsome gentleman. Chris Pine uh, has commented on uh, the troubled production behind Star Trek 4. As we, we've mentioned uh, Star Trek 4 a couple times, 
They announced the Star Trek four was happening with the cast of the J.J. Abrams series. And apparently none of the cast were told that that was to happen until after the announcement had been made. It was always kind of crazy stuff. And then the director left to make uh, Fantastic Four, I think. Is it that Max Shakeman? Yeah. The one's making Fantastic Four. Um, he was going to do Star Trek Four, and he left Star Trek Four to make Fantastic Four. Um, so all this stuff's been going on, but I, Matt Shakeman also recently said that Star Trek Four isn't dead. They're just going to move forward with a different director, and they're looking for a director. Chris Pine plays Captain Kirk in this series, if you didn't know, and he gave uh, he was asked about it doing an interview this week. I think it was in like Esquire or Variety or something. But uh, in regards to Star Trek Four, he said the following: "I don't know anything. In Star Trek Land, the actors are usually the last people to find out anything. I know costume de- designers that have read scripts before the actors. Is it weird? I ask to be the captain and know so little about what you're signing on to." I would say it's frustrating. It doesn't really foster the greatest sense of partnership, but it's how it's always been. I love the character. I love the people. I love the franchise. But to try to change the system in which things are created, I just can't do it. I don't have the energy. So it seems like it might be a classic Star Trek thing to uh, not tell the actors (laughs) until the last minute. Yeah, recurring team. Um, Yeah, and he seems... He seems up for returning if it's a good story. And I, I think in this same um, in this same piece in which he gave this quote, J.J. Abrams was also um, asked about it. And he said that it's the best story they had since the first since his first Star Trek movie. So he believed J.J. Abrams believed in it, um, which is a, I mean, a good he sign. He believed in Rise of Skywalker, too. Here's the thing about that. I really want to know. How much he believed in that script versus how much Lucasfilm and Disney were saying, you need to make this movie within one year. We're going to pay you a a boatload of money and you're going to make this movie and it's not going to be good, but you need to make it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think he knows that Rise of Skywalker is not his best film, but I think he was like probably put in a position where he couldn't say no and he had to do it. And I, we're never going to find that out <laughs> until yeah. until Bob Iger dies or Kathleen Kennedy retires or J.J. Abrams retires or whatever. But I don't know. I don't. The more I think about it, the less I think. I mean, certainly J.J. is at fault for a lot of the mistakes of Rise of Skywalker. But I mean, he wrote the thing. He co-wrote it. for and I directed agree with it. <laughs> I agree with you. But he was also given a year to start writing and make a movie. And that came from Disney. Disney was the one that was not budging on the release date for Skywalker. You know what I mean? And I can imagine that he was like, can you give me six more months? (laughs) And they were like, no. You know what I mean? Like, so I think he went in being like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to give it all I can do. But I got the time. I got a clock ticking on me right now. You know, so oh, the yeah. first the first the first draft is what it's going to be. Anyway, I don't know that I would love some kind of uh, some kind of bean spilling when it comes to behind the scenes yeah. on Rise of Skywalker. Um, but as far as Star Trek four is concerned, uh, Chris Pine doesn't know anything. J.J. Abrams thinks it's great. 
Will we ever see a Star Trek 4? I don't know. I've never seen the Star Trek Beyond, Star, the Star Trek 3, but I've heard it's really good. And I should probably watch that at some point. I still haven't seen the third one either. Yeah. First one I thought was great. Second one I thought was uh, fine. It was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. But I, I so I was kind of turned off by the third one, but I heard the third one. Yeah. So we shall see. Absolutely. We shall see. And when shall we see? I don't know, but not this week. Sometime soon now. Probably in the next couple of years. Uh, not soon at all. Um, if you are listening to this and you're wondering why we're not talking about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, look to your podcast feed, my friend, and find that we did a separate episode just to talk about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1. And you can listen to our thoughts there. And just a heads up, uh, we might be off next week. A rare off week for us, as I am going to be out of town. And... Uh, I guess if there's like a big, uh, some kind of big news, Steve, maybe you'll jump on with a friend or something and do a quick recap or something, but who knows? Yep. It's, up, it's up in the air. And I'm not going to be back until, you know, I don't know if it's going to be worth doing an episode. I'm not going to be available till like Tuesday night at the, the earliest. So yeah, we'll come up with something. We'll, we'll play it by ear. But the ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gays, the next episode that we do will be our 100th episode of this show wild will we have any special guests probably not will we have any big um, surprise reveals probably not but but if we do it'll be a surprise (laughs) sure maybe for us too it'll be a surprise (laughs) um but yo i think that's all i got steve you got anything else for tonight no, I think that'll about wrap it. I'd say uh, if y'all are listening still, go and uh, make sure you're subscribed to us. Leave us a review, uh, be Please it do. YouTube, be it Twitch, be it uh, your podcatcher of choice. And uh, yeah, uh, get all of us on the socials, Multiverse Support, Multiverse RPT on Twitter. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. That's right. And we'll see you most likely in two weeks. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>